the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD, news from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast. Just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. I am Chris Murray, your host. Uh, hope everything's going well for you and your family. Uh, good program planned for you today. We're going to be talking about uh, a deal, uh, some top stories, some big names and earnings, some economic data. And unfortunately, uh, we're going to be talking about how to avoid investment scams. It's a shame that uh, that's the world we live in, but it's extremely serious. Um, it happens more frequently than, um, you know, we would like to admit. But uh, we want to just get that information out there as to how to avoid scams, protect yourself, protect your mom and dad, protect your grandparents or uh, aunts and uncles, whoever it might be. Um, you know, there's some very simple things that we all can do to uh, to look out and help the people that we love and care about. So uh, we're going to be talking about that. And, and like I said, unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff going on right now where people are being uh, scammed. Uh, so we want to be aware of that. Um, as far as the deal that I mentioned, it's a big one. It's in the financial services sector. Capital One is going to acquire the U.S. credit card issuer Discover Financial Services. Uh, this is going to be an all-stock deal valued at $35.3 billion. Um, so they're going to have a lot of problems, I think, with uh, antitrust scrutiny. Um, so if it gets through uh, the government's uh, wheelhouse, then you know this deal will probably settle um, end of this year, beginning of next year. But um, basically, Capital One is looking to um, increase their size. They want a bigger footprint. Um, Discover has a network that spans 200 countries and territories, um, but it's still smaller than Visa and MasterCard and American Express. So that's, again, part of this, uh, this deal where um, these two uh, companies would come together. Um, there's also some politicians that are already talking about it. The normal cackling hen like Elizabeth Warren and others, um, you know, whenever it has to do with the financial services industry, uh, she likes to use that as her uh, punching bag, try to fundraise off of it, uh, which is interesting because um, she's going to face opposition in the, in the uh, next election when she's up. And that's from a guy, if I understood correctly, who um, is a lawyer and uh, he's really big in the crypto space, which, of course, um, she's been against and, and, and caused uh, as many problems for that, uh, that that she could. So that's going to be fun to watch that for sure. Um, and then in follow up, you know, this is uh, like I said, this has almost been like a case study that we've been following for just shy of a year now. Uh, it's with Bud Light. So the stats are in, or they were in this week, on beer sales at bars and restaurants during Super Bowl Sunday. And sales were up overall, and there was also clear winners and losers uh, among brands compared to last year. So the latest report from Union uh, found on-premise sales jumped 16% on game day compared to a typical day. Uh, an increase um, 
from where they were in 2023, they only saw a 10% increase. So a 16% increase from Super Bowl of last year. So a little more drinking going on. Corona was a top-selling beer this year based on whole-day sales. Um, and by taking the top spot in sales for the day, Corona dethroned who? Bud Light, right? which was a top seller in on-premise sales for 2023 Super Bowl. Uh, Their sales were down 50% this year compared to last year. So that's why I'm saying this is like a case study. This is, you know, hopefully um, people are looking at this to learn from it as to what not to do, how not to run a business. Uh, Modelo, uh, another Constellation brand like Corona, overtook Bud Light as a top-selling beer in the U.S. overall last year, and it still remains there. And Modelo saw a major boost on Super Bowl Sunday with sales surging 66% higher than on a typical day. So, um, like I said, a lot of beer consumption on um, on Super Bowl Sunday, apparently, and all because Bud Light's fallen Humpty Dumpty, right, falling off the wall, uh, just still remains in pieces because of the really foolish um, decision of whoever it was, uh, were, I mean, it's plural, not just one person, that thought that teaming up, Bud Light teaming up with a cross-dresser, a guy that tries to act like he's a girl um, during March Madness last year, you know, you see this fallout and it's just not stopping. I mentioned, uh, I think the latest I reported on this was that uh, President uh, Trump actually came out and on his Truth Social um, page said that um, that Anheuser-Busch InBev made an epic mistake with what they did with Bud Light and uh, and the guy. And he also said that maybe they deserve a second chance. So, you know, I, I I told you then, I'll tell you now, I think that was his friend Dana White from UFC who signed a deal with Bud Light coming out and saying, hey, you know, Mr. President, would you show some, uh, some kindness to Bud Light, you know, try to right the ship. So he's done it. You've got the Manning brothers. They signed, they've, they're spending big, big money, but compared to the $27 billion, $27 billion they lost in market share, it's nothing. And I'm just wondering, again, you see these, I mean, sales down 50% from last year. People just, you know, they've really, many, many people have written this brand off for good, it looks like. But we're, like I said, it's 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 a, it's like a Petri dish or a, um, a case study. We're going to continue to watch it and see what happens out of uh, this particular uh, just total failure when it comes to Bud Light. There's others out there like Target and all that we cover, and there's still stuff going on there that I'll share with you as it comes out where um, they were doing the whole um, LBGTQ, element of PXYZ thing, and uh, they had baby apparel, and they had just sick stuff, and they had the... um, uh, the displays where you couldn't apparently, I won't go into a Target having for years and years and years, but um, apparently you couldn't even get uh, a child into the store safely without having exposure to that filth, that disgust. So um, 
We'll see how, how again, how they make out as time goes by. Uh, more job cuts. You know, we talk about them every single week. Uh, it was a double whammy, though, because this wasn't just job cuts from Rivian, the big uh, EV maker, but also it's because things are so bad in the EV space. So on Wednesday, Rivian said they were, they were going to cut 10% of uh, – uh, of their workforce, uh, they were reducing uh, EV production this year. They're missing estimates, so they say now that they're going to produce 57,000 vehicles in 2024. Uh, that's well below the 81,700 units that uh, analysts were expecting, based on what uh, the, the this company Rivian, this electric vehicle company, was going to be doing. So the normal stuff you hear from the CEO saying there's a host of macro level challenges and consumers are behaving more consciously, blah, blah, blah. Just say it. This is, um, uh, again, something that um, this administration and politicians and um, people that are able to make money out of this, whether it's good for the American uh, public or not, they're trying to force it down people's throat and they don't want it. You know, they don't want electric vehicles. What have I always said? If you have one, great. I'm serious. That's wonderful. Um, I think it's great if that's your deal. And if you join the car club, whatever it might be, you know, I mean, I get that. That's that's really neat. I'm sure they have some really good social groups and everything. But not everybody, um, most people actually, the majority of people don't want an EV. So, you know, shut up with all of the... Uh, of the the hard pressure and the hard sale and this is starting to show it lucid is another one they forecast production for this year much lower than what wall street was looking for and that's after they cut the prices of uh, their lucid electronic vehicles so um it's this is not working out well they should have known well they did know it from the beginning um, this is a niche market right now, maybe down the road when things are uh, are better and uh, more reliable and dependable, um, less expensive. Maybe, you know, you'll see the demand go up, but um, right now it's not for sure. And it's showing in uh, in the numbers, the hard data. Well, guess what? Welcome to the party of worrying about the national debt. Jerome Powell and Janet Yellen. Really glad that um, even though we all understand that our national debt is uh, not on a long-term sustainable path, right? We've known that. We've talked about it for years. Um, and finally, recently, you had Jerome Powell, the, the chair of the Federal Reserve, on 60 Minutes. Maybe that's what did it, getting under the lights and sitting in the chair for an interview on 60 Minutes, basically saying that, you know, look, stressing that the time is it's time now or maybe it's past time to get back on an adult conversation among elected officials about getting the federal government back on a sustainable fiscal path well thank you jerome powell i mean better late than never right little worse than the whole inflation transitory thing but hey at least you're showing up a few years later on this issue Powell said that we're borrowing from future generations. Yeah, we are, and we've known that. So somebody that's supposed to be one of the sharpest knives in the drawer for you just to come out and say this is embarrassing. He said, taking on more debt, it's just another word for borrowing. Oh, really? 
and with the massive size of the debt, it won't be, be it won't be paid back overnight. Well, yeah, we know that too. And then, you know, on top of that, you had um Janet Yellen recently saying that it's important for the fiscal responsibility and she was telling lawmakers it's critically important that the US be on a fiscally sustainable path. Then quit spending money that we don't have, Janet Yellen. Quit with the whole climate hoax. Quit being a lapdog for everybody that, you know, makes you feel important. It's it's embarrassing. It really is. It's totally embarrassing. Um, you know, we're going to next, oh no, it's either next week or the week after we're going to have on, uh, the president of the job creators network foundation, real good organization. Um, and the reason I mentioned that is because I just want to touch today on briefly on a, a survey that they did, and then we'll dive into it more with the president, um, of the, of the organization. But crime is resulting in higher costs for small businesses across the United States. Again, this is from a poll that Job Creators Network Foundation conducted from January 3rd to January 29th. The survey found that neighborhood crime has increased costs for 31% of brick-and-mortar small businesses nationwide. Minority-owned businesses were the most affected, accounting for 55% of those experiencing higher crime-related costs. Isn't that a shame? You've got small business owners getting the job done every day, almost, you know, some of them seven days a week, and they have to deal with this. So um, Elaine Parker, the president of Job Creator Network Foundation, who's going to be on, Her quote was, with historic inflation over the past three years, other challenges facing Main Street employers have often not been top of mind. Lawlessness on the streets of American cities is one example. So on top of everything else that they have to deal with, they're dealing with this surge in crime as well. Their polling shows that nearly one-third of small businesses with a brick-and-mortar location are facing higher costs because of crime. When asked whether, quote, Bidenomics, unquote, was good or bad for the economy and their business, 63% of small business employers said it was bad. 78% of small business employers said their costs of doing business have not improved with this so-called Bidenomics, which we know that's an epic failure, too. Um, so we're going to I think that's really important. And um, we're all about the small businesses here on this program, have been forever. Uh, And we're going to talk with uh, Ms. Parker next week in more depth about that survey and other things that are impacting the small business uh, arena. NVIDIA, have you heard of that? Not Nineveh, no, not out of the Bible. NVIDIA. Well, if you haven't heard about it, you've probably not had the TV on or the radio on or on your internet or listening on the radio because this is a stock that is literally just blazing a trail that's almost, uh, it's you can't even comprehend it. So NVIDIA um, is a chip maker. They're in the 
artificial intelligence space with their chips in particular, they announced their fourth quarter earnings report in the middle of the week, and it just showed a massive jump in quarterly revenue from a year ago. From the fourth quarter a year ago, their revenue was up 265%, and they were up 22% just from the, the last quarter. So they're just beating analyst estimates incredibly. I mean, it's just they're they're leaving everybody in the dust. And the founder and CEO, Jensen Hong, said that accelerated computing and uh, generative AI have hit the tipping point. Demand is surging worldwide across companies, industries, and nations. So um, they just can, that stock continues to skyrocket, like I said. And it, it's, uh, it's really interesting and fun to watch that. Now, what's not so fun is when you look at already what's happening uh, in artificial intelligence in the space. Whenever it comes to technology in general, um, you can see that it's biased. So that's what we all have to remember first and foremost. You know, I stay awake. F- I stay away from Google. Um, instead, you know, I'll use Brave and DuckDuckGo. You know, I use different browsers, different search engines that um, aren't as polluted. So we saw this week that Google uh, really just looked extremely stupid. Uh, and it's no surprise when you look at the Google Gemini, um, basically the AI um, piece that they, they rolled out this week, and you ask the questions, it had just stupid answers, um, no truth to it, trying to change history. The guy that runs it, some white guy who is like, you know, he's got white guilt, he said, and there's this country's all about systemic racism. And you look at all of his previous posts on uh, social media, he wants to pay higher taxes, apparently, because it'll help with um, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. I mean, this guy's just an idiot. Um, And what happened, the reason they, they were so embarrassed and had to pull Gemini to the side is because people would go on and do a simple search, um, and no matter what the search was, uh, a white man or white woman wouldn't come up. That's why I'm saying this is stupid. This, this is just how stupid these people are. Um, so you could say that you wanted to, one of the examples was um, the picture of um, the knights in shining armor, you know, back in the, the the medieval times or whatever and they would have you know a black woman in um in armor or an asian man in armor you know versus like an italian or a frenchman or whatever so just stupid so we really have to be careful with artificial intelligence um it's scary especially when you tie it into transhumanism so um we need on this program um and all the people that you you know listen and and for those of you that that those you love and care about uh, we need to make sure people uh be very very cautious when it comes to um artificial intelligence because uh it's it's got a lot of good of course i mean i saw a great interview with a doctor about um how it, they're going to be able to use AI on a molecular level when it comes to breast cancer, for example. So just beautiful, beautiful things that it can do, but also extremely, extremely dangerous. And we have to make sure that, you know, we're not buying into their 
uh, truckload of lies and, and misrepresentation and how they're going to try to change history because that's what they're going to do. Um, so some big um, retailers uh, this week that also came out with earnings in particular, I just want to focus on um, Walmart. So um, what we saw is that um, Walmart just had a phenomenal quarter. Uh, they Their earnings were better than what was expected. They have great uh, full-year uh, forecast. And also, on top of all that, uh, they said that they were going to buy the smart TV maker Vizio for $2.3 billion. So uh, the shares hit an all-time high on that upbeat annual sales forecast. They increased their dividend by 9%. And um, also what we saw was um, that they're making money in a better way when it comes to groceries, um, and that's a benefit for them. They're reducing prices and uh, making, you know, making money, uh, whereas some of their uh, other competitors, they don't have that opportunity. They don't have that option to kind of sweeten the pie to get people into their store. And, it, you know, with inflation, like Walmart said, they have people now, and we've been talking about this for the last few years, from all income levels. So it doesn't really matter, you know. Um, people are pinching pennies, right? And they're trying to make their, um, their, their dollar go as far as it can. So they're in these, you know, family dollar stores, Dollar General, um, Walmart, you know, wherever they can go to, uh, to, to get the best deal and to get the most for um, their money. So, um, yeah, so anyway, that was a good kickoff to the uh, retailers. Next week, we're going to get a lot of other uh, big, well-known names in the retail space. So we'll have some of that info for you uh, next week as well. Got to squeeze in a quick break when we come back to economic data. And then again, uh, how to avoid investment scams. That's such an important uh, thing for us to focus on. And that's what we're going to do. So um, talking about economic data and a scam alert on the other side. My girl is banging, she's so low maintenance Don't need no champagne, poppin' entertainment Take her to Wendy's, can't keep her off me She wanna dip it like them fries in her frosty But every now and then when I get paid I gotta score my baby with an upgrade hey, hey, hey. Yeah, we fancy like Applebee's on a date night Got to Bourbon Street stay with the Oreo shake and some whipped cream This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to uh, Apple Podcasts and you can grab it there. Thanks so much for being with us today. And um, I mentioned right before the break, we were going to have some uh, economic uh, data. Just a little bit I wanted to share with you. Um, uh, One thing we saw this week, uh, a forward-looking measure of the U.S. economy continued to decline in January. So the conference board's leading economic index um, does project a sharp slowdown in economic activity by the second quarter, but they're saying now it's not signaling a recession. 
I'm not sure why they're saying that because it's been down for so many months in a row. Uh, actually, over the last six months alone, it's fell by 3%. But they're saying, even though this is a leading indicator, that it's not going to be a recession like we saw a couple of years ago, back-to-back um, negative uh, GDP, but instead just a sharp slowdown is the way that uh, they're putting that. So I wanted to share that with you a little bit in the housing uh, space this week. New U.S. home construction dropped in January to the lowest level in five months. So housing starts were down 14.8% in January, according to the uh, Department of Commerce. And that was well below what economists were looking for and actually marked the lowest level of housing starts since August of uh, last year. Um, so, you know, it just wasn't good. Also, we saw that applications to build, so your future construction uh, sneak peek, also slid in Janu- January, uh, falling 1.5% over the course um, of the month. So, you know, that could have been better. And then when you look at um, another uh, piece that we got, it was on existing home sales. And according to the National Association of Realtors, um, existing home sales um, were, you know, they were up 3.1% from December, but they were down 1.7% from the same time last year. So definitely a mixed report there. Um, we saw that the median home was sold for $379,100, uh, up 5.1% from January uh, of 2023. And also for January, that number was a, a an all-time high for the month of January. So um, apparently there was a little bit of a, of a ease in mortgage rates, right, that we have talked about. And that helped some people get their foot in the door in January and that helped existing home sales. So, um, you know, that that's hopefully a good thing and a sign of more to come would be great. And then, um, no big surprise either. We got the minutes from the last federal reserve meeting, uh, which was held on January 30th and 31st. Uh, the bulk of policymakers at that meeting, they're concerned about the risk of cutting interest rates too soon. So that was, you know, there were more in the room worried about acting too quickly as opposed to those who were saying, hey, we're going to do more damage if we wait too long. So um, the the interest rate thing can cut continues to get really pushed out. Everybody was thinking it was going to be March. Then you see some of this economic data, even though much of it is in question. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't believe it, basically. But um in any event, that's uh, that that's the data that we're being presented. And again, these Federal Reserve officials are having a hard time because they want to cut interest rates, but then they get a piece of data like the CPI um, that we were talking about uh, the last couple weeks, the consumer price index coming in hotter than expected. And then, of course, it's an election year, so they want to try to do rates, but if they wait too long and get too close to the election, then they're going to be accused of uh, of of uh, of really manipulating the election in 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 some sense probably so um it's it's interesting to watch these guys squirm um again especially since they're supposed to be the uh the the smartest bears right it just doesn't seem to be the the case okay moving on our subject of today is how to avoid investment scams you know they can take many forms right 
these daggone froster, uh, fraudsters can uh, can turn on a dime when it comes to creating new ways to separate you from your money. And it's just, it's really a shame. And I know the folks that listen to the program, uh, whether you're new or you've been with us over the last 27 years, um, you're smart and, and you know what's good and what's not good and, and that type of thing. But in a way, not only is this for you that I wanted to get some of this info out as a reminder, but it's for your mom and dad, uh, your grandparents, uh, aunts and uncles, uh, friends, um, maybe an elderly neighbor. You know, all these so many people are at risk of an investment scam, along with other types of scams, of course. But and we, we want to keep an eye out for everything. But, you know, with the program being your financial editor, we're going to focus on the financial and investment scams out there. And, and again, just as a reminder, here here's an overview of some of them. Ponzi schemes, right? Been around for decades and decades. So just as a uh, an overview, you have um, this main fraudster, or maybe it's, you know, plural. There, there's a hub of those um, scummy people. And they collect money from new investors, and they use it to pay returns to earlier stage investors rather than investing or managing the money as they promise you. And Ponzi schemes require a steady stream of incoming cash to stay afloat. So it's really horrific for the people at the end of the party when the music stops and everybody's, you know, looking for the chair. It's not there. Um, so maybe some people in the beginning, you know, are going to do okay. But um, and, and, the, and the fraudster, of course, if he doesn't get caught or she doesn't get caught, but that's basically what it is. So when people come to you with these um, uh, these ideas or stories or whatever it may be as to why you should give them money, um, you, you have to be aware of, again, what's the business plan? What's the product? What's the service? Uh, what other investors are there? What kind of track record? Um you know, are there statements that you can see as far as, um, you know, some of the financials that they're going to share with you? And of course, then you have to make sure they're right. You look at Bernie Madoff. I mean, this guy was so well respected, right, on Wall Street and in his community, held high positions. And um, he had people fooled for years and years and years, fake statements. You know, he would send out fake, um, fake, um, you know, statements on investments showing this rate of return. And but that's all it was. It was just a Ponzi scheme. Right. And um, and he got away with it for a very, very long time and crushed people along the way. So be careful about that. Then you have what's called a pump and dump. Um, sweatshops, for example, maybe you've seen some movies and you see the, you know, people, shady people in these, uh, these rooms and they're, they're pumping and dumping the stock. And the way that works is again, uh, somebody comes to you or calls you often, most often, and, uh, they're a fraudster as well. And, um, what happens is that fraud, uh, fraudster deliberately buys shares of a very 
low-priced stock of a small, thinly traded company and then spreads false information to drum up interest in the stock and increase its price. And then this crook dumps his shares at the high price and vanishes. And that leaves many people caught with worthless or near worthless shares of stock. So you really have to be careful um, about the pump and dump scheme as well. What's the saying? If it sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true. So, but I tell you, very persuasive people out there. And, um, and, and they're so good at it that they make us want to believe them. But be careful of both the Ponzi scheme, the pump and dump. Um, there's also just your basic pyramid schemes. So this fraudster is claiming that they can turn a small investment into large profits within a short period of time. But in reality, participants make money solely by recruiting new participants into the program. And then the, the people that are behind this scheme typically go to great lengths to make their programs appear to be legitimate, multi-level marketing schemes. So there's that fine line, right? There's, there's real multi-level marketing schemes that are legitimate, but then there's so many of them that aren't. And uh, they, uh, they're very damaging uh, to people and it really takes its toll on them. Um, so, you know, you really, really have to be careful of, uh, the pyramid schemes out there. One other thing I'll throw out promissory note fraud. So what that is, and you have to have your antennas up for this is a promissory note is a form of debt that companies sometimes use like loans and they do that to raise money. And when sold in a fraudulent way, Scammers make false claims about the company and the terms of the promissory note. And, you know, you really need to look out for those deceptive statements, such as in investors will receive very high double-digit returns. Uh, are the re they'll say that the returns are guaranteed and that the notes are backed by, you know, some type of collateral to, uh, to guarantee the note, that type of thing. So... Um, those are, again, some of the big ones that we really have to be uh, aware of, have to be cautious of. And um, when it comes to investments in general, you know, you want to know who you're working with and you want to make sure that uh, they don't have any uh, dirty laundry. And one way of doing that is you can go to uh, FINRA, F-I-N-R-A dot O-R-G. And then you can do a broker check. So you can uh, see, again, if there's been complaints, um, if there's been sanctions, if there's been uh, legal action taken, any of that stuff will show up if you go to FINRA.org and do a broker check. Um, and there's other places you, you can go as well. You can go to the Securities and Exchange Commission. You can go to the NAIC.org um, you know, there's a bunch of different ways you can, you can check on the people that, um, that are, you're either working with, if you have some concerns or that you're thinking about working with. And the fact is 
you know, it's 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 great to be able to say the harder you look, the better I look, right? That's what you want your advisor to be able to say that they don't have that dirty laundry or the skeletons in the closet or any of that nonsense where they've had serious problems or even minor problems that you wouldn't approve of when it comes to um, uh, to trusting, you know, uh, an advisor to help you with things. So, uh, again, protect yourself and the people you love and care about when it comes to these um, investment scams and especially the elderly that's i mean that's not a big surprise i'm not paving any new road here but that's again back to what i said a little while ago those people are more susceptible grandparents elderly aunt and uncles neighbors friends whoever it may be so what are the some of, what are some of the things that you know that we can do to help uh stop elder fraud well we can have a conversation about it right just have a healthy conversation about it. I mean, people are used to get, or they're used to getting these scam telephone calls all day long anyway. So they know, they know it's out there. They know that people are trying to bait them and, you know, try to take their money or get their house from them or whatever it might be. There's evil out there. So one of the best things we can do is talk about it, just like we're doing right now. Don't act like it doesn't exist or that it won't happen to us or, you know, just focus and talk about all rosy subjects. Don't. We can't do that, right? We're in a fallen world. So we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're talking about things in reality and in truth. So just by having a conversation, I think that'll help. And in doing that, you could say, you know, hey, um, there's a lot of stuff going on out there and that's why we're talking about this. Let me know as your loved one, if you ever want a second set of eyes on material you're getting, things you're being sold, whatever it might be. And, and I think generally that's well received. People appreciate that. They might say, Oh yeah, well, you know, I did get this in the mail or, you know, this stockbroker was selling me this and you know, here's the, the statement on it or whatever. And you just, you'd be amazed at how much good you might be able to do immediately. So have a conversation. Um, and, and then again, I just mentioned statements, you know, documents. If people that you love, you know, are, are involved in something, then there should be documents um, tied to them. So maybe you can sit and go over that with them Make sure that everything looks right and is right from a reputable um, company firm and um, that there's some type of understanding of what they have and why they have it. Uh, fun. Just do it over a cup of coffee or a soda. And, um, and you know, you, you're you going to learn something. It's interaction. You'll be talking. Um, so it, it's um, I think it's good. And especially on the, you know, these financial accounts, um, you, you want to make sure that everything does look right, that there's nothing, you know, kind of sketchy about um, some stock you've never heard of or whatever it may be. So that if all of a sudden you get that gut feeling like, hey, I'm not too sure about this. Well, pay attention to that and maybe do a little more uh, research, legwork. 
the best thing to do is get whoever sold that to them, get them on the phone and have them explain or have a meeting with them and have them explain again what they have and why they have it and why it's good for you or your grandparents or whoever but especially the uh, the elderly you know we want to make sure that um that we're checking on them on a regular basis and um the other thing is um you know who is in line to help them god forbid if something happens right a financial power of attorney medical power of attorney, all those types of things. You want to make sure that they're in place. I I know a lot of people get weirded out by that. If you have that conversation about a wills and trust and powers of attorney and all those types of things. But um, it's really, you know, again, if you're, if you're a loving relative or friend, then it's, it's, that's how it's done. It's done in love and, and out of friendship and because you care about the person. And just in case something happens, you know, you can be there to, to make sure um, you're acting in their best interest, right, on their behalf. So you do that by power of attorney. You can add trusted uh, contacts to your accounts. So, again, people can get a, a copy of the statement or they can get access to the information, especially when it comes to aging and dementia and things of that nature, it becomes uh, even more and more important. And, um, you know, you want to make sure that if they have any unused uh, extra credit cards around, you'll get rid of them, cancel them. That's not necessary. That's just, uh, you know, fertile field for, for a problem potentially if somebody gets their hands on that and uh, keep things simple. That's the other thing is just, you know, if you can keep things as simple as possible, uh, it's proven that, um, that that works best, especially for, well, not just for elderly people, you know, when it comes to finances and, and certain things, you know, people just don't have an interest in it. They don't, they really don't, they kind of zone out and they don't pay attention to it or they ignore it. So, um, you know, you, you just want to make sure that you're, you're, you're helping them to monitor things and make sure that, um, that all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. And as I said a couple times, keep, you know, monitor things, keep a schedule, somewhat of a schedule as to, Hey, you know, we need to look at this. It's been two, three, four, five, six months. Let's go ahead and, and take another peek just to make sure everything's just as good as it was the last time we looked at it um, and, um, and and be able to move forward from there. So it's a shame, like I said, that, that we have to talk about this, but it's also reality and we're supposed to talk about this. And that's why you know I wanted to spend some time on this weekend's uh, program to do that. You know, these terrible investment scams, the Ponzi's, the pump and dumps, the pyramid schemes, all the that garbage. There's a lot of um, criminal, fraudulent people and activity going on out there every day. Again, they're trying to separate you uh, from your wealth. And, uh, and you've worked so hard for it, and you're so deserving of it, that uh, we want to make sure that doesn't happen. And one of the ways it doesn't happen it, again is to have uh, family and loved ones and 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 friends that um, are going to help you with that. 
put a second set of eyes or a third set of eyes on it so that you feel real comfortable and um, and know that you're right where you need to be and where you should be. So those are my suggestions. Um, if you want a list of what I talked about, feel free to drop me an email. Um, I'd be more than happy to get it to you, especially if this, you know, kind of made you think about somebody that you love or care about, you know, and you want to you wanna pursue this before you forget about it. The easiest thing, as I mentioned, it's just a conversation. Hey, you know, I heard something on a radio program, uh, made sense. It's really important. And I want to make sure, because I care about you, that, that I brought it up and that we had this, uh, this discussion over a cup of coffee and go from there. Um, and like I said, I'll be more than happy to send you the uh, stuff from FINRA um, and go to, you know, if you drive in or you forget, just, you know, send me the email or whatever, and I'll get you the FINRA.org where you can check on um, brokers and, and see what their past is as far as disciplinary action or, you know, any problems that they may have had because uh, we all need to know those things. Just like a doctor cutting into you, right? I mean, if you've got some quack doctor um, who's been sued multiple times, not just because people are sue happy from ambulance chasers, but for good reason. We want to know that. And I want to know it before the anesthesia. I don't want to know it after, find out after the fact. So let me know. I'd be more than happy to get that info to you. So that uh, does it for us. Um, and um, I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express with uh, Bob Miller and Chris Williams. It's uh, weekday mornings. Those are live converse conversations at 5.50, 6.50, and 7.50. And then um, we'll be back here next weekend for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. And we'll have one, um, the guest that I had mentioned uh, from about that study I, I told you about um, as far as crime is resulting in higher costs for small businesses across the whole country. It's not just concentrated in, in one or two or three or 10 areas. And uh, according to the Job Creators Network Foundation poll, it, it's really interesting. So we're going to dive into that uh, with the president of uh, the Job Creators Network, Miss Elaine Parker. She's going to be joining me. And um, we'll talk about that and some other really interesting uh, things when it comes to um, to the small business owner and what's going on with jobs out there. So join us for that. And until then, this is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. Sing no song about the good old days. Simple times or easy ways. How I long for an older road. Greener grass or a lighter When they laid it down in 65 Yeah, I was glad, I was glad to see the blacktop No more dust in my eyes